What's up and welcome to another episode of the Scott and Ian Show on the SBL Podcast. Today, we're diving into some very intriguing questions. Number one, what if it is an offender? Are there some other alternatives? Talk about some other bases. We're going to talk about some things that maybe look like fenders but aren't. Why you would even want that. Prompted by a number of questions that I've got that was like, hey, Fender is the ubiquitous thing. What else is there? Are there other options out there? We're going to explore that. I am also going to confront Mr. Scott Devine about why seemingly he has abandoned the P-Base. I know it's a strong word, but it's true. And we're also going to talk about how technique may just be at the root of everything. You have a problem executing something on your instrument. Maybe it's about technique. You have a problem grooving on that thing. Maybe it's not that your internal time feel sucks. Maybe it's that you're having a problem with the actual execution. That is something that Scott is so into is this idea that ah, so many things can be boiled down to your technique or lack of it. We're going to talk a lot about that too. But before we get to it, let me tell you what's going on at SBL this week. We have a mentor session coming up on Monday with yours truly. I'm going to continue the series of best, best baselines. Best. That was going to be a combination of greatest and best and came out best. <laughs> Grassed. Greatest, best baselines of all time, A to Z. And we're on M. So if you have some suggestions for me, I think I know what I'm going to do. But if you have some suggestions for me, hit me up on the campus or hit me up on Instagram at Ian Martin Allison and let me know what you'd like me to do for that. That is part of our mentors program that we do every single Monday. We have different teachers in doing live streams for you. You get to join and hang out and engage in the chat and be a part of the live stream, really inform how it goes. So if you want direct access to players, to educators, to bass players, this is the place to get it at SBL. You haven't taken the free 14 day trial. What are you doing? Get out there. Check it out. Scott'sBassLessons.com. That's enough of me. Let's get into it. <laughs> okay, hold on. <laughs> uh, how long have you only been eating meat? <laughs> <laughs> Wait a minute, what day is it today? Uh, yeah, what day is it today? Uh, Thursday, isn't it? Um, I did yeah. Thursday, Friday, Thursday, Monday. Oh, so Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday. Hang on. <laughs> Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, Saturday, Sunday, yeah, Monday, Tuesday, out. I count on Wednesday. my fingers, too. 11 days. 11 days, dude. All right, hold up. I've never done meat I've, only. I've never done the carnivore diet. I uh, just imagine you like a wampa ice creature, dude. Do you get that reference? <laughs> uh, Empire Strikes Back. Just like, yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> like you know, devouring <laughs> beasts. <laughs> uh, but uh, but that's probably not that. It's probably something like chicken, chicken. breast, dude. Chicken. Chicken mm-hmm. breast. So I'm doing intermittent fasting. Yeah. So I'm not eating until 12 o'clock. Every, I, I have a six hour window to eat basically every day. So yeah. s- for a six hour window, I can eat. And then, yeah. And then 18 hours or whatever it is off. Right. So not eating for that amount of time. And then during that time, so these are two different kind of sort of like approaches. And during that time, I'm just eating meat. So that's no fruit. That's nothing. And I'm only drinking water. And I feel great. I've been doing it for 11 days. I'm going to take it to 30 days. And if wow. anybody's if anybody's wondering what the hell I am doing, it is because I suffer from like inflammation mm-hmm. um, and get really, without going down a rabbit hole, 
I have suffered from kind of sort of like stomach related issues for since I was like mid twenties until mm. I was probably mid thirties when I sort of like figured out that I could control this stuff with diet. Um, so a good 10, maybe more years I had issues with, with uh, digestion in my stomach and like massive bloating and stuff like that. Candida, right. Oh, I got that and... candida infection, all of that stuff. Yeah. And it was all, That's I... all that beans on toast, dude. So all that beans on toast. Crisps <laughs> and chocolates <laughs> and beans on toast. Jesus. <laughs> it is, man. And, yeah. um, and then, and, and from that and yeah, and from like, you know, messing around with my diet, um, I found out that I can control, um, the inflammation in my body. And I had, I do have like inflammatory issues. Like I get really achy joints, obviously, which is inflammation. And I went to the doctors and they, they were like, oh, whatever, blah, blah, blah. You know, it must, must be like early onset and sort of like, um, arthritis and all this kind of shit. Right. Wow. And it actually was none of that. It was none of that. It was just inflammation that was diet related. So when things flare up, I just tend to go on a really strict diet of some kind. And I've experimented with like lots of different types of diet in the past. And the one that um, seems to work the best for me is the carnivore diet. And I found out about it listening to a Joe Rogan episode um, where he was interviewing, interviewing Jordan Peterson's daughter and who's had a really interesting journey with a lot of autoimmune disorder and inflammatory issues for years and found out that when she goes on a carnivore diet, it really clean, it basically, yeah, um, Brit, yeah, gets rid of all inflammation, autoimmune in, in issues that she's having. Um, and I was like, oh shit, I'll give that a go. And it, for me, for my body type, whatever, can, I know that people, you know, everybody's, everybody's different. Uh, for my body type, it's it's absolutely fantastic. And and honestly, I wish it was sustainable for me. Maybe I'll do it a, a better job of sure. it. Sure. But yeah. I sometimes slide hard off the oh, yeah. off the wagon and just like, ah, you know, like crisps and oh, whatever. Yeah. Just, and I've got kids eating all of that juicy kid food as well. And I'm like, oh, oh yeah. you know, give me that oh. stuff. Let's go to the fish and chip shop. Oh, I but know. When I am when I'm on this diet, I feel like super powered. And I think what happens is I get used to it, forget about it, and then slide off. And then it gets yes. to the point where I'm like, I'll go back on. And then I, when I go back on, I'm like, holy shit, I'm super powered again. My stomach feels amazing. Like I've yeah. had no, ind- like just nothing for, for this entire time. I've got no aches and pains. Um, I feel like just like mad awake, like crazy energy. I've been waking up at six o'clock in the morning and going for an hour. Wo- like normally... I wake up at like, I don't know, like after seven o'clock and I feel like I'm dying. You know, I'm like, (laughs) like for the last, like more than a week, I've been bouncing out of bed at six o'clock in the morning. I've been, yeah, like hour walk and then back and waking up the kids and sitting and watching The Hobbit and all Lord of the Rings and whatever, you know, that's a, that's another story. That's been been a trip. But yeah. Wow. so, So I love it. Love it. Um, ask me if I'm still doing the one meal a day. Were you, were you down to one meal a day? Yeah, remember when I told you about the yeah. Chipotle diet? <laughs> yeah, and then, I can remember that. Yeah, I thought it was two uh, meals a day. Was it one meal a day? One, yeah. So, yeah. so intermittent. So, so basically, really intense intermittent fasting. Yeah, I just was essentially eating lunch, like a giant lunch. And, and then how did you and, feel and when, when I, you were doing it? 
good, actually. Actually, really good. And then I came over to the UK and I was like, ah, that, I mean, I'm not going to subject anyone else to that. And then, you know, and so that got me out of it. And then, ah, you know, okay, I'm going to go to Montana to see my dad and I'm not going to do that in my, you know, and so I'm back. Uh, and I'm trying to do it again, but have I been successful? No, no. <laughs> have I you have been not. thinking about doing it? Dude, I just haven't done I've it yet. Trying you haven't trying to do it, right? And then what happened? You know, you know, you know me. I that late night hours. Dude. No, <laughs> no. Have you started yes. that again? Well, yeah, man. I, it's li- listen. <laughs> it is. That's a beast to break. It is a beast. Yeah. And yeah. if I'm feeling, I feel it's like an addiction eating late yeah. for me. Yeah. It's an addiction. And when I'm doing the one meal a day and really on it, I'm good. But last night, oh man, there was a couple of tasty morsels in the fridge calling my name, dude. <laughs> so do you think it's calling my name? So it's actually not to do with, it's actually just the snacks, isn't it? It's not to do with the one meal a day. Yeah. So, so for like, instance, if I said, hey, why don't you just have two meals a day? That's still not going to make a difference, is it? It's just no, snacks. not at all. It's Four meals a day. Yeah. Oh, You'd yeah. still want the snacks. Yeah. The snacks. I'd still want the snacks. Yes. So it's a problem, and I'm and I'm I'm working to solve it. But it's hard, man. It's a struggle. So you know, like there was a podcast episode I think where I was like, "Oh yeah, I'm doing it. And I'm feeling great, like you are right now." I'm listening yeah. to you be like, "Oh yeah, just chicken breast and water, and I'm feeling great, <laughs> doing all the walks, getting all the productivity done." Yeah. And then I'm just then I'm just feeling like a sack of shit over here. So listen, <laughs> anybody listening to the podcast, if you're feeling like I'm feeling, it's all good. There's still time. You can change your ways. <laughs> you don't have to just eat chicken breast and water. Although I, I may. I might give that a try. I might give that a try. Here's the thing, though. It's, hot sauce it's, is the key, dude. Just chicken breast with hot sauce. Oh, oh yeah. But the, but the, the trick is you got to prep. So you got to make that chicken. Oh, I dude, wonder. I'm, I'm not eating high-class chicken, dude. <laughs> <laughs> You're I'm not eating chicken this, breast that you cook? Or you, I'm you banging bought, these like, things. The, yeah, pre-cooked. Yeah, banging them in the yeah. microwave. Hey. There's got room it. for improvement. I'm just at step one. <laughs> I'm at step one. If I was like, I'm going to get raw, farmed, you know, farm-fed yeah. grass, sort of like, you know, chickens and, oh, I just, yeah, it'd be yeah. too hard. It'd be too hard. Right. So for, for right now, so I'm just, I'm just trying to do the, do the diet, like this initial step, and then we'll see where it goes from that. But I'm still loving it. I'm loving it. The prep, incredible. The prep is, the prep is two minutes. In, the prep is easy. Okay. In and on, yeah. In and yep. on. In and um, on. Yeah. In and on and but out. Just to bring this back to bass playing, though, like a lot of people ask me about playing injuries and mm. um, things surrounding them, and at no point does anybody think about inflammation and diet yeah. and how that affects right. your body when you're playing. And I think that it's probably a much bigger thing than people realise. Absolutely. Um, especially when it comes to. Like, you know, like injuries, tendon injuries, like, like my, just t- talking to the musician friends that I have, um, and other friends outside of music, my suspicion is that there are a lot of people suffering from inflammation and they don't really know it. And yes. when you go to a general GP, sorry, I'm just going to, you know, broad brush statements here. So if there are any great doctors listening to this podcast, I do apologize. But no doctor I have ever gone to has, has actually mentioned diet to me, ever. Right. Hey, what right. are you eating? Which to me is just outlandish. And, yeah, it is and, odd. And, yeah, and any of my friends that have had medical issues that have... um 
that I believe might stem from diet. When I ask them, hey, have you, has the doctor talked to you about your diet? And they're like, no. And I'm like, yeah, well, same here. here and, and then I tell them, hey, you know, you, you should try this stuff out. It's only diet related when there becomes an issue. Like if you're diagnosed with diabetes, type two diabetes, I think type two diabetes, then the diet issue comes up, right? Then it's like, oh, well, okay, here, here's, here's the problem. And now you can, uh, mitigate this with diet, but it seems like it doesn't come up until there's a big diagnosis and th- yeah. that's probably there's probably an insurance reason why <laughs> now now we're getting in now we're getting into like uh murky waters but but i have noticed that too i've I went got to no see a general doctor yeah yeah I, I yeah i don't either actually i'm just talking out of my ass which i tend to do uh but yeah man i remember seeing a doc who and you know and i mentioned something about sugar and about like, man, you know, I feel when I'm eating sugar, I have all these skin issues and I have this and that. And they, they chose this language very carefully. They said, it's possible. <laughs> this doctor said to me, it's possible that there are some benefits to reducing your sugar intake. Yeah, went, such a okay, weird Okay, that's very, that's thing very calculated. Say, it? <laughs> 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 it was very, you know, it was like, oh, it was very like... Uh, I don't, you know, I don't know. I'm just saying it was kind of that, you know, who knows, but, um, and, uh, and and anyway, I do definitely feel better when I'm not eating sugar and gluten, man. Oh yeah. Sugar kicks my ass. I went on a seven month sugar free diet once. That was, it was amazing. It was was sugar free, gluten free for seven months. That kicked my ass. That was really hard to do. I used to have sort of like, not panic attacks, but sort of like if I got, if you were out, you know, if I was out, like I'd go on a walk or something like that with the dogs yep. and um, I'd be like 30, 40 miles away from home and I had a bit like a long drive back and then, and then I was hungry and I hadn't taken anything to eat. Finding something on the way back that doesn't Impossible. have, e- yeah. Oh, and I wasn't eating fruit as well at the time either. Yep. So, and that was by choice, by the way, because I was cutting all sugar. Um, so finding anything on shops that doesn't have any sugar in and no gluten, no fruit, it is so hard. It's like Dude, yeah, crazy. Also in the UK, it's, it's especially hard. It's harder like, in the UK, in the US, man. I went to LA and I was like, yeah. everything's sort of like health food, this and health food diets, like <laughs> the full thing, salads. <laughs> and like, if you yeah. guys have, if you're like, obviously we do salads in the UK, right? But it was much, it was much more kind of like dialed in. But in the UK, non, you've got like, basically like a small part of an aisle in a supermarket that's sort of like yes. gluten-free, like like a block of stuff. Here's your gluten-free section. <laughs> <laughs> See you. Yeah, it's very yeah. little. Yeah. yeah, I've noticed that too. I, I remember, you know, Gav talking about like the sugar tax and because Americans are such monsters and I'm like, but hold on, dude. Like, like <laughs> in the UK, it is just, I feel like it's just like chocolate and crisps. The end. And I know that that's yeah. not true, but man, oh man, Man, it feels like that sometimes when I go into the shops. It's like, oh, I guess you know, you you get a Mars bar and you get a pack of crisps. But that's probably because I'm the idiot and not the not the shop. 
I, well, I know no, there's other options. It, yeah, there's like it's set out in in the in the UK. It's set out in a certain way that when you walk down the aisle, you're basically <laughs> like walking down down an aisle of sugar and chocolate on the way to yeah. the checkout. Like it's yeah, yeah, purposefully yeah. built like that, you know, so they it, can it, it's, get it's all the of same the, in the US. All the juice and the squeeze. Yeah, yeah, it's the same here, but but there are definitely more sort of like healthy options presented. I think you can. You're like oh. And, and then I still choose the chocolate and crisp. So anyway, <laughs> you still hit the snacks. Anyway, uh, dude, yeah. let's talk about base. <laughs> yeah, let's talk yeah, about let's base. Talk what are we talking about first on the docket? Well, oh, well, what's the? Be- I'm looking at it now, dude. This is a killer, killer um, topic to get into. And if anybody's um, not been around the podcast for a while, what we've been doing recently is splitting up the podcast into various topics. Um, to make it more interesting for you. And uh, the first one on the docket today, which is uh, down to Mr. Ian Allison here, is well, yeah. what's the best option to consider that isn't Fender? So yeah. when you ask that question, Ian, yeah. do you mean like if you want a Fender sound, what is the best option? Is that the vibe? Yeah. <laughs> Great question. We could answer it that way. I think this came, I should have written down who this came from. So if you're out there, um, someone wrote this to me, I think on Instagram and I thought, Oh, that's a great, that's a really fun question to consider. Um, so I, I'm sorry, I don't have your name, but let me know and I'll give you credit in, in another episode. Um, but <laughs> that question is more to me just felt very broad. I think it's this idea of like Fender is the ubiquitous choice. What bass should I get? Oh, you should get a P bass. What bass should I get? Oh, you should get a jazz bass. That's the that's the deal, right? Always, almost. Yeah. And but there are so many other options, but yet it always seems to kind of come back to those two things. If you, you know, the chips are down, if you really, you know, what's the professional thing that you should get? Well, yeah. you should probably get a P bass, a jazz bass, maybe both. Yeah. Um, but what are the best options to consider that aren't Fender? And um, I like the way you want to answer it. Uh, and, and Scott also put like a low, mid, and high price range on it as well. We could do I, both. We can do yeah, both. You sure. Know, we could, for we sure. Could run. So should we run through, first of all, if you want a Fender, but you don't want to, for whatever reason, like what are the Fender alternatives? You like the Fender sound. The, and when I say the Fender sound, let me just be obvious. When I say the Fender sound, I actually mean like a jazz bass. A jazz <laughs> you know? bass? But yeah, what that's what jumps bass? to me. Yeah, whatever, dude. <laughs> what? I'm kidding. I'm what? kidding. <laughs> yeah, P bass, sh- like bass. Fall off my chair. <laughs> oh, no. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But but for me, um, like when I say the Fender, sound, the instant thing that comes to mind to me is that sort of like jazz bass sound. But let's do both. Because there are manufacturers that make bases in the low, mid, and high price range that kind of specialize in building fenders that, that aren't a fender. So that jazz sure. bass and P-bass kind of vibe. And I'm, I'm just going to say this before we move on. I'm coming back. We're circling back around to this uh, whatever P-bass thing because, because <laughs> my man across the pond has put the P-bass to rest. We're coming back to that, dude. Oh, you're not off the freaking hook, dude. You're not off the hook. We're coming back. But before we do, all right, all I'm right. I'm ready, all I'm right. ready. So, so yeah, okay, if you want, that's cool. If you want a Fender thing, but you don't want the headstock to say Fender, why wouldn't you want the headstock to say Fender? Because budget? Because... I think, yeah, sometimes budget, yeah. So for the low, you, you know, you could go mm-hmm. Squire. They do do some great 
They do oh, some for great, sure. great bases and stuff like yes. that. But there, there are more options out there. Uh, the one that jumps to mind for me, rightly or wrongly, would be Sire. I think Sire mm-hmm. are making some fantastic bases. And you can get a Fender that is the same price as a Sire. Through my experience, the bases I've played, I would probably gravitate towards Sire over Fender in that mm. price bracket. Got it. <coughs> Why? Feel and sound. Just the feel. It feels just a bit nicer. Mm-hmm. Um, and and it just sounds great. They just sound, And actually, for sure, all of the Sires that I've played have had better setups. Mm, yes, right. Yeah. They're set up great. They generally yep. come set up really great out of the box, and that's not common for a base in that price category. How yeah, much sure. Sire's? Like, we, we should be really clear what the price range is here, right? So Sire, Jazz Base, I mean, because they've probably got a couple of different models. So I think they here. run the... I think you can pay a bunch of money for one, but they have some that start out certainly under under a thousand but are there any that are under like 500 yeah there are yeah i'm just having a look now <clears throat> um yeah so in the uk like so this, so this is pounds like around around 700 pounds there's some around 600 pounds um it's still gonna be under a grand there's some that that 500 like, pounds yeah and then they do go above but they play great yeah, they do play great. But maybe be more of like a mid category. Let me ask you this: There have been a lot of people that have been talking about. Oh, I'm going to screw it up. Benton is the last word. I, I want to say, is it Harley or Harvey? Is it? Let me have a look. Let's have a look. Because that was a brand that I had never considered. Um, and I Harley think with an L. Harley. Harley, yeah. Harley Benton. Yeah. Um, there have been a bunch of people that have been playing those recently saying, oh, there's some really good stuff coming out of that brand. And I don't have any experience with that brand. But no, um, me, neither, me neither, no. But that would be interesting to try one and see. Um, you know, and obviously, if you can get out into a store and check this stuff out, we did, we did the episode about Reverb Sucks. Hey, P.S. Scott Devine, there were some people that were pissed about that episode. Oh, really? Yeah, because they Did were they like, listen to it? yeah, <laughs> yeah. Well, yes, but they said you 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 made it about the whole experience of buying online, but you made reverb the you know you the the dog that got kicked or you know what the punching bag. In so the, basically, in the we were like fast foods. No, why McDonald's sucks? Yeah, and, and then, then we in like, the episode, well, we were like, fast, oh, food. fast food sucks. <laughs> yeah, and it's like it's, it's give us a break, target. dudes. <laughs> give us a break. Well, but it's an easy target. It's an easy target to say reverb, right? And and in a way, too, I was thinking about this for this episode. It's I was thinking, what if you were a rep at Fender? What if you worked at Fender? And it's like, oh, you know, a po- another podcast giving Fender a kick, and you know, like yeah, one of the yeah, things yeah, to yeah, consider yeah. other than Fender. Oh, I, I actually think, like Fender. Oh, same. Oh, dude. I mean, same. Of course, I know you do, yeah, and I do yeah. too. I think in a way, it's actually like. To include the big brand, why reverb sucks, okay, why, you know, what should you consider other than Fender? In a way, it props up the brand as the mega, as the the uncontested or the, you know, not uncontested, what's the word I'm looking for? As the given, the no-brainer, right? And in a way, if you you were smart, I think... (laughs) 
Wow. Or, you know, if you just chose to look at it a different way, you'd think, oh, actually, that's actually good for the brand. The brand name is everywhere. Reverb, yeah. Fender, right? So, yeah, we, we didn't mean to give reverb only a kicking, as Scott <laughs> likes to say. Hey, uh, I freaking <clears throat> love reverb. I, I love reverb. I'm on yeah. that thing every freaking day. But yeah, online, yeah. buying basses online does suck because of, well, if you want to know why, go listen to that episode. Yeah. And unfortunately, re- reverb are the biggest, you know, the biggest one in the category. So we thought it was better just to sort of like, hey, and you clicked on it, right? So the title works. There you go. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, you know, and Fender too. I love, I love, love, love Fender. But I also... I remember, did you have this when you were young, Scott, of like, you wanted to play anything but. Did you have that? Like yeah. anything but a Fender in the beginning, yeah. in the very beginning. Did you? Because yeah. I thought too, like my dad bought a Sunburst Strat and I love old Bob Allison. But when I was 13, the last thing I ever wanted to look at play here was a freaking Sunburst Strat barf. Yeah, dude, I was like all about Ibanez, but I wasn't playing. I wasn't playing bass. I was playing guitar, but I was like a Steve Vai fan, you know. Wanted to play like Vai or Satriani or something like that. But and then that trickles down to basses, right? Where yeah, you're like, I'm but- not going to play a P bass. Oh, P bass. That was Yuck. like the most uncool thing for me. But that Terrible. was actually, it was more to do with the sound, I think. Maybe uh, yeah. the look a little bit, but the sound, I just hated the sound of P basses <laughs> when I first, hated. I, like, I did too. Ugh. I hated it. You know, yep. like you listen to Marcus Miller, you listen to like those, st- like Victor Wooten, right? Then you listen to a P bass and you're like, uh, <laughs> because you just don't get it. Yeah, you just don't get it, right? So You don't get it, yeah. Um right. But I think that, yeah, just, just to bring up, I think that Fender are great, but I think that it's an interesting conversation to have about should it be a Fender that you buy or are there different different bases to consider in in these different price brackets? So in that lower price bracket, if I was going to buy a Fender style instrument, would it be a Fender? Would it be something else? For me, I think it, for, for the low, low, I think Harley Benton, I've heard great, great things about them as well so definitely check them out um it might be a sire maybe for, i'd like to get in a shop and play some basses yeah. if i could that's probably what it would come down to getting into a shop playing the basses like yeah. what actually plays best i think in that low price bracket some of them are, are dogs when it comes to um setup so i just want to get in and play the actual bass and see what it felt like yes in the mid certain low i would imagine is like less than a thousand dollars right Yep. And then, I mean, yeah, and then mid, What? well, what do you categorize high as? Well, I, I actually, for low, would even wonder if people thinking like, oh, a thousand sounds a little high for the low category. In the in the low, I would think like sub 600 sub bucks, six, maybe. Yeah, yeah. Mid is anywhere from, I don't know, four or 500 to a thousand, maybe. That could be mid. I don't know. But then high um, is like, I would say high, bear in mind, like how much is your IMA from low? Uh, yeah, 5,500. 5, exactly, right? So, yeah. like, so high, I think that we just need to broaden them out a little bit. I think that high... <laughs> Maybe you're right. Maybe you're right. Yeah. I think high is, like, 3,000 and above. Okay. Or 2,500 yep. above. 
And yeah. then I think that there's that mid that mid bracket is maybe you're right, maybe like eight hundred to two two thousand, you know, yeah, two, yeah eight, like eight to two, two and a half or something like that. <laughs> We're shooting that, from the hip today, guys. <laughs> we are shooting from the, in that mid bracket. I think that Fender have some great bases. Of course, I think they have some great bases. Yeah. Um, obviously, we're talking about you know jazz bass and P bass predominantly here. Is there any manufacturers that in that mid bracket, let's say eight hundred to two thousand, two and a half thousand, any any brands in that bracket that kind of jump out to you? I will say that Sire, their top end instruments are over a thousand. Yeah. Um, so they would be in that category. Um, any that- other any others that jump out? <laughs> I, oh man, not that are jumping right out to me at the moment. That's terrible. There should be. It's a weird price bracket though, right? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, Lakeland, I feel like in the early 2000s, Lakeland led that market with the Skyline bases. Yeah. Those, and they still make those, but I I don't know what's going on at Lakeland. I feel like they have just disappeared out of the zeitgeist. Yeah. They still make them. Um, but hopefully, hopefully they'll be back. Come on, Lakeland. Uh, I would have said that 10 years ago. Yeah. 20 years ago. Um, Skylines. Yeah. They're great. Skylines. Yeah, they are. They are great. You could get them secondhand as well. (sighs) Oh yeah, for sure. Definitely. Um, and I know we're still just talking about like fender styled things. And I want to, I also do want to talk about what are the alternatives to fender, like fender styled things also yeah. but i don't know anything spring to mind for you in the mid not really I, I will say i would go if i had that within that price bracket 800 to 2000 mm-hmm. two and a half thousand i would go hard into the second hand market that's what yeah. i'd be looking at i'd Good be call. like yeah i'd be like can i get a you know enter name here on like the two grand to yeah so for instance I've seen some Nordstrands knocking around at like two grand, two and a half grand. Mm-hmm. They are freaking outrageous bases. Cool. They're outrageous. So Kerry Nordstrand is a luthier. Obviously, many of you have heard of Nordstrand pickups. Well, he makes bases. He used to make bases like as his only thing, but then it went into pickups. And now he sometimes makes, like does a run of bases. If you can get a Nordstrand base, like put it this way. If there was like a Fender, we, like there was about two grand, two and a half grand, and a Nordstrand secondhand for about two and a half grand, I would take the Nordstrand every single day. Would you really? E- forever. Wow. I never That's played one. Like, never like, played one. Yeah, they're killer. Cool. They're ki- there is like, they're basically Sadowskis. They're like that. They're like full on, like Uber. Like I would put them in a bracket along with like Lull, Sadowski. Oliva Capolo, mm-hmm. Nordstrand, but because they're not as talked about now, they're, you know, people aren't as hot for them. Do you remember yeah. there was a dude too that worked at Sadowski that, that had a shop for a while called Valenti? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Killer Those bases. bases were cool and yeah, they weren't crazy, pick- crazy money as well. I don't know if yeah. he's still making those. I think he is. Yeah. He was on talk base for a while, wasn't he? Yeah. I remember yeah. thinking about picking one of those up. Here's a question though. In this mid, you know, we're talking a lot about these sort of fancy fenders, right? Because it seems like when people copy fenders, they either do budget versions of the passive stuff mm, or they yeah. do these sort of race car you know, like if you think about Sadowski, like, 
preamps, right? You know, Roger Sadowski in New York putting preamps in Marcus, yeah. you know, in everybody's bases. They do in these preamp super fenders that are active. But is there anybody like I, there are a few manufacturers that come to mind that make like really killing recreations of fenders that are passive, like oh, I'm thinking of maybe Bluesman Vintage. You know that company, yeah, or yeah, I'm thinking do, yeah, of, yeah. yeah, I suppose maybe Nash makes, yes, you know, yeah. but I, I've never personally been drawn to those companies because I feel like if you're going to just do the fender thing, the passive classic fender thing, why wouldn't you maybe just want a fender? Just get a fender. Yeah. Just mm-hmm. get a fender. Yeah. Unless you want some kind of, either you want something super cheap or you're a, or a nerd and want, you know, all of these subtle upgrades that oh, make you feel good on the bandstand, which is great. I mean, I like that vibe as well. Yeah. But yeah. I, when it comes, people have asked me a lot actually about those sort of like, well, what about Nash? What about bluesman and I'm, or bluesman? I don't know how to say it. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, and I'm always like, ah, I would just rather have a fender. If it were like just the dead on, you know, like a base that someone looks at and is like, oh, sick fender. Oh, the the headstock logo is different. Everything else is the same. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm not I'm personally not super drawn to that style of thing. But uh, but yeah, those are the other ones I can think of kind of in yeah. maybe the mid. And you can get a great secondhand fender as well. Like I'd probably buy a secondhand fender over a new fender in that in that price range because you're going to be able to get a really good one. Top end bracket. Oliva, there's like a, yeah, there's some really interesting ones, yeah. some monsters. Isn't it funny? Yeah, like we've just been waiting to get to this bracket, right? <laughs> 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 We're just like, let's go. <laughs> like, who cares about all that stuff up below? Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah, yeah. yeah. Well, and, and Nordstrand to a certain extent. So I would say Nordstrand, but you wouldn't be able to get a new one for like in that mid bracket. But you could get a secondhand one made yeah. by Carey. I. Yeah. But yeah, so the the top ones, Oliva, Capolo, which is Jimmy Capolo, um, Sadowski, Lull, Nordstrand, um, Lakeland. Yeah. Like the new ones, they're up there. And the U.S., the U.S. Lakelands are incredible. Actually. Yeah, the U.S. ones, yeah. We're probably mm-hmm. missing somebody out. Valenti might be up there as well. He might be into that price bracket. I think yep. he probably is. Okay. Um, they're different. I think that some of them are much more traditional. The obvious one would be Oliva, mm-hmm. who are much more traditional. They've got like nitro finish. He purposefully uses the same construction techniques or st- tries to stick as close to the construction techniques right. that Fender used as, as possible. Um, but he does like five strings and he's kind of known for the five string. Like, I think that, um, when people talk about Jimmy Capolo, they they say like, "Oh yeah, it's like if you want a pre CBS Fender, but a five string version, yeah. Capolo is the place to go." It's that that's I've heard that a lot, and I right. haven't played actually that many. I've got one myself, which is it's a killer bass. It is oh, a yeah. really really it amazing is a cool bass. bass. It's a cool bass, isn't it? Yeah. Um, and then you've got Sadowski, obviously, which do do vintage stuff, but I don't necessarily i think they've got more of a modern sound to them for sure i don't know yeah you too yeah oh for sure and i owned uh one or maybe even two sadowskis in my time and they're so lovely they're so lovely i mean and especially if you're playing variety music where you need sort of just this like excellent basic like 
sort of modern jazz bass sound. They make P yeah. pickups It's like a jazz well, bass on steroids, isn't it? They're fantastic. I just found that when I had a Sadowski, I wanted maybe just a little bit more mid-range character. I found that sometimes I would sort of get lost. Uh, at, you know, because that preamp is so lovely, boosting bass, boosting treble, and it feels great. And you do that and then it kind of scoops out the middle. And I found that like, wow, especially in recordings, I was always gravitating back toward something more simple and passive that had maybe a little bit more like mid range character that when you played it by itself, it didn't sound as good, as pretty, as polished, but it seemed to sort of like fit into a yeah. mix in a cool way. So I could personally, I could never make um, a Sadowski instrument work for me, but I know there are plenty of people that do and they're awesome. They're awesome pieces. Yeah, absolutely. It's an interesting thing. To talk about that bracket, the Oliva, the Sadowski, the Lull, the Nordstrand, the, I can't remember if there was somebody else in there. Wasn't the, the Lackland. It's yeah. interesting. It was something I was thinking about recently is some of them have their own sound. Like, I would say Sadowski has its own sound. I totally agree, yes. Right, which I dig. I kind of, like, Same. dig that sort of, like, this is the Sadowski sound. I dig that. Yeah, it's like a Aliva, thumbprint. Yeah, the Oliva thing is, like, very traditional. Like, yep. he has one circuit. He does his own pickups. It's like yep. he does his thing. That's the sound. Yes. And I think in, in – and when you look at – Nordstrand, maybe Lull as well. They're not, they haven't got, I guess they haven't got their sound. They do a mix, don't they? So you can go yes. to Lull and you can say, hey, I want these pickups with these, with this circuit and, you know, and do that thing. And I think that I, I love the idea. I don't think I fall in love with that idea as much, even though. Sure. The, the the end the end sort of like product might be better i just kind of like the idea of a a particular base manufacturer having a thumbprint as you said having a sound sure. of their own yeah. i kind of like get excited about that like i would say like mtd even though they do a whole like mix of stuff they've got like a sound yes, yeah, or that is associated that's yeah. associated anyway i mean yeah, yeah that's a good call i you froze for a moment, so I so I wasn't quite sure there was there was something that got lost. But oh, you I did too. Say, I was just, I just kept talking. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's a good call. I will say um, for the lull thing, the 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 thing that's closest to me. I mean, obviously, I'm going to say this right, but the Thunderbird pickups that they do, um, yeah, that are yeah. that that to me is like. It's such a those pickups sound so cool, and it's it's their own version of like a Gibson thing, and it's yeah. That to me is sort of the closest like thumbprint, but yeah, I know what you mean, man. Like when there's a brand that gets associated with a a very specific thing, it's mm. cool. And even yeah. if it's not your thing, it's still cool. Yes, like, even I if it's wanna, not your like, yeah. Dingwall, for instance, Dingwall, yeah, right, man? Absolutely. I, yes. I don't want to play Dingwall. They're fan friend. Right. They're, you know the whole thing, and, and it's not my bag, right? But yep. they're cool because. They've got their, they've got personality. They've got that thing. And yes. as it, from a consumer standpoint, I look at them. I'm like, I'm like, and I can, can, I can categorize it in my mind. Maybe it's just me being freaking stupid and human, right? I'm just like, I need to put this base in a category. In a box. <laughs> yeah. In a, right. I need to put yeah. it in a box. Yeah. And when they're not in a box, I, I, I get confused. And I also, right. I also do believe that there's, and we've talked about this as well on the pod before, that I think there's, um, 
when a manufacturer leans into a particular sound or a particular yeah particular sound particular mix of things and it's kind of becomes yeah. their thing i think it becomes easier for them to uh le- keep leveling that thing up you know because sure. they're doing the same thing we've talked about f bass yep. before right saying that they it's their pickups it's their circuit it's and all of the f basses i play have just got they're all they just say, not you know there's, there's differences between the, between them but the consistency is just like off the chart and i do yes. like that i think that and that i'm not taking away anything from any of the other manufacturers at all um because I, I've been talking to MTD recently and it's been Daniel over at MTD and that's been a really interesting conversation. Oh, um, yeah, it's been really cool. And and those guys think in terms of tone packages that are like, what do they call them? There's a, there's a term that they use. It's like, it's not wood combination. It's like a mm. tone package or something. I think I'm getting the, it wrong, but I was like, oh, these guys have gone really deep on this deep. like deep. <laughs> yeah, they've yes, gone yes. down the rabbit hole and might have even popped out the other side <laughs> yeah. um and because mike tobias and daniel tobias their their i guess their ip what they bring to it is this um mixing different types of woods to create different aesthetics of sounds that's their yeah. kind of like their approach i would say that's cool. kind of like custom to them yeah and and they seem to have done it to a greater extent than many of the other manufacturers and or at least put it up front talk about it a lot they're like this is this wood this wood combination therefore xyz right but yes but definitely having that experience speaking to daniel over mtd i was like oh i could definitely make a mistake here (laughs) (laughs) i could definitely make a mistake and you know because it's not one thing they're not selling one thing they're selling there's a selection of all of these different wood combinations. So I can listen to somebody playing an MTD. And if I get a different wood combination, I'm going to get a different sound. And I think right. that that's, yeah, it's, it's Dude, listen, you all just need to fly stuff. over to New York. I'll meet you. Uh, um, we'll get a car. Let's go. We're, we'll go up there. We'll hang out with uh, MTD. We'll hang out with Spectre. There's a bunch of folks up there. We'll hang out with uh, the uh, Labella guys, Alinto. We'll hang out with uh, Tony Levin lives up there. <gasps> we didn't mention like, Alinto. Oh, no. We didn't mention Alinto. Oh, my word. Yeah, well, uh, well we just, I mean, that was Alinto, a crime against Fender Bass types. Yeah, they, they are like absolutely in that high bracket it, with those guys. It, They're it's, amazing. It's, yeah, they, they live sort of like above. I, I, I almost didn't. Like Alinto lives so high up in the like boutique stratosphere to me, like sort of hand built. That yeah, but good call. We didn't mention Alinto. Oh Alinto my, and- Mitch! I apologize <laughs> profusely. Oh, oh! I well, hate myself par- now. Yeah, I've got an Alinto. Yeah, part of it is that Jack has your Alinto, right? Yeah, Jack's got my Alinto, and I'll say that the my Alinto of yeah. all of the Fender style instruments I've owned, that's the best one. It's uh, outrageous. Yeah. It's outrageous. It's so good. 
Um, and Alinto, if you are wondering, they're a branch of Labella, which is a string manufacturer. And yeah. the bases are made by a legendary luthier called Mass Hino in New York. Ian, you've gone and hung out with them. Um, and Mitch works yeah. there as well, who's a killer bass player. Um, and they're just creating very like traditional Fender style instruments. They're not active, I don't think. I think they're all passive. Um, but but they're, they're passive, just yeah. absolutely superb. Like superb. Yeah. And they don't hit me. I mean, they are very traditional passive option, but they don't hit me the same as like maybe Nash does where it's just a Fender copy, you know, like maybe, you know, parts put together uh, and there's nothing yeah. wrong with buying parts and putting together a base. A lot of manufacturers do that. But Alinto feels more considered. Um, it's a super small team. The finishes are so cool. Um, the way that they do their headstock, the way that they do their necks, how they how they wind pickups, how they think about circuits, like how they've done like a stack knob jazz circuit that is different oh, than vendors. Yeah, it, yeah. it puts them, it sets them apart from people that just do the straight up Fender thing, but put a different, you know, they're, brand they're, they're, name I on the headstock. They're definitely searching for their sound, right? Yeah, for sure. For yeah. sure. And I mean, they're combining that with strings to like the new flats that Alinto Labella make are so cool that Mitch, that Mitch designed. I have them on a lull five string that I'm playing right now. And it's just Amazing. so good. Oh, they're really good. I've never had flats on a five before. Um, hey, let me, let me ask you this though. Just really quick. What if you, what if you don't want a Fender style thing? What are the other options? I think actually that's where the question came from. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. <laughs> yeah, so absolutely. Giving We're you just all these vendors, like, yeah. you know, like what, what, like, uh, what are the things that pop to your mind? Like, say you, no, no, I, I'm not buying uh, a Harley Benton. I'm not buying a Fender. I'm not buying an Alinto. I'm not, you know, I'm not doing it. I want something different. I want something different. First of all, my questions to you are, what are the things that pop to mind and why would that be somebody's motivation? The first thing that popped to mind for me is just soap, soap bars. I'm just like, oh, soap bar. When you said like not offender, my brain thinks, oh, soap bars. Like that's the... So you went MTD. You went Ken Smith and MTD world in MTD, your mind. MTD, Ken Smith, um... Oh, F-based to a certain degree, except they're just, they are like a Fender Jazz in a in a shell suit, in a different body shape, right? A Fender Jazz, yeah. I mean, an F-base. Where where else did my mind go? Federa. Like most of these things that I'm saying are like soap bars, even though you get them with, because when I think about other boutique bases with jazz pickups in them, well, then it's just a jazz bass, but with a different body, in a way. Yeah. You know? But you went modern, high-end. In your mind, you went modern, yeah. high-end, active yeah. Yeah. sound. Yes. Yeah. In Where my go? mind, I go to all the other, all the other super, um, like, thumbprint passive things. So in my oh. mind, I went to Rickenbacker, Hoffner. Um, oh, and, and it was this so passive, different for me and you. That's so interesting. Yeah, 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 yeah. 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 And, and like, and like Music Man Stingray, 
That's another oh, one, right? Ray, like the yeah. Stingray yeah. is such an interesting, and it's so different than the classic Fender thing. But yeah. that's to me, um, that's those are all the instruments. Like I guess maybe those four. I guess like Stingray, Rickenbacker, Hofner, and then maybe some kind of hollow body Guild Starfire. Yeah. Um, or and then also God, duh, Thunderbird Gibson. Those are very, very different, and those are all passive, and they're all sort yeah. of like vintage style passive instruments that are very different than Fender. And I just think um, it's really good to know, especially if you record, um, to know what those things do and to know what they're really well suited for. And yeah. Scott, I feel like you're coming from more of like a artist player perspective. Maybe I'm thinking about this more like a session dude. And you're thinking about you're it more thinking like of, what you want I think that you're giving them the answer. Yeah, you're giving them the answer that they wanted. <laughs> I think that like... They're Maybe. Like, I don't know. Every saying Fender, but like, what happens if it's not a Fender? And you're like, it's the obvious. When you said it, it was like, yeah, it's Rickenbacker, Hoffner, Gip, you know, like all of the standard yep. ones that you. Yep. So, yeah, I think that that is the correct answer. 10 points. <laughs> well, well, I don't know if it's correct. I just think it's, <laughs> it is an answer. It's one of the answers. Um, and I think, uh, there was a, a great producer named David Bendith who said to me long ago, if you endeavor to play other people's music, like if you're not just playing your own music, yeah. um, and you're going to be a, a gun for hire, you not only have to know and accept those other sounds in your stable, but you have to fall in love with them. So fall in love with how a P bass sounds with flats, but also fall in love with the short scale um, Mustang or Hofner thing. Mm. Fall in love with a big long scale T bird with rounds through an Ampeg SBT emulator. Like, like actually, because those things are the useful things that you'll find that will come up time and time again on sessions that you play. Um, yeah, but probably the main thing that you should have <laughs> at the end of the day <laughs> is a fender. Is a fender. <laughs> <laughs> There's no getting away from it. I was listening to this great video. There's a, a a YouTuber. Well, he's not a YouTuber. Well, he's got some YouTubers, uh, YouTube videos on on YouTube, but I'm not sure that that makes him a YouTuber. But he's got a lot. Yeah, he's okay, called yeah, Robbie. Yeah. It's spelled R O B I Q. Um, I think he yeah. might be from South Korea, and um, he's a killer bass player. And he's got this bass comparison video where he just plays all of these basses, and I was like listening to oh, them cool. all, and it was all of the Fender style sounds that sort of like jumped out to me, and I was like, oh, that's the that's the vibe. I will say though. I've been having this weird realization recently and mm -hmm. maybe this is a different topic, but I, we can, I'll just say it out loud. Just, we, we both know about say it, it and then we can say it is that sometimes the sound I like listening to like yeah. other people play, isn't the sound that I enjoy playing within the context of, of a band and that is a really 100 percent. is that not the weirdest thing ever like to say it's so yeah. weird the sound that i enjoy me, listening me, to other I, people I, play isn't the sound yes. i enjoy playing <laughs> tell me tell me how that lands for like give me an example or give everybody an example of what that is because i've got one too but tell me what that means for you what does that so, what does that look like yeah so sometimes so when i 
listened to that video i'll get this just because i've just mentioned it it's a really good example all of the fender style instruments um were the ones where i was like oh that sounds mega that sounds great um yeah and they weren't all fenders they were just like they sounded like a you know they had that jazz Fen- flavor to like them. fender adjacent so yeah and one of them that really stood out actually was this federa it was a federa five string but it just had Two jazz uh, pickups, yeah, and it yep, just yep. sounded killer, right? Um, and on the video as well, that he was playing Ken Smith on, on you know, one of the clips of this video. I was like, yeah, you know, yep. sound, sound, sounded okay. Uh, but, but but I was like, you know, but preferred the, the, the Fender, the sound of this Fender sounding bass and the other, the other basses. Yeah. Um, but I know that if I played it, I would probably, because of my playing style, gravitate to to the Ken Smith kind of sound more oh, than the Fender. Interesting. I was like, oh, yes. it's so weird. <laughs> wow, right. What about because, you? Because um, how how you interface with an instrument is so connected to how it feels. It's never just yeah. about the sound, right? It's not, Even though we say, like, oh, the tone, the tone, the tone. But the experience of playing something is a big part of how you perceive your sound and how you sound on an instrument. I, I yeah. totally hear that. Um, I, for me, some of the big classics that people love, when I hear them, I'm like, yeah. And then when I get them, I'm like, oh, I can't make this work. One of them is uh, uh, Stingrays. Like, I feel like um, yes. Music Man, Stingrays. And even though I've played them on videos for SBL, and I've, I've almost never, I was asked to play one on a session. I told you that, like, right after I sold mine to Blue to Tiger. Somebody's like, hey, man, can you do that, like, Blood Sugar Sex Magic? I'm like, are you yeah, kidding yeah. me? Um, but I, I really struggle making a bridge. Here, here's what it is. I struggle making a bridge pickup sound work for me. And essentially, a Stingray is just like a giant humbucker bridge pickup sound. I hear other people on it. Um, I feel that way about a lot of bridge pickups. Jocko's jazz bass sound. I hear it and I'm like, wow, obviously that's an amazing, unique thumbprint thing. But I don't like it when I play it. Like when I play bridge pickup jazz bass, I'm like, eh. Like yeah. it doesn't work for me. Um, and I, yeah, so anything that's sort of that nasal forward thing, I really struggle to even choose it. I never, almost never, ever, ever play it. There have been a couple of exceptions, like in the stuff that I've played for other people, but it's only when I'm aping somebody. I played this track for Eric Hutchinson, happy like a chicken with his head cut off. I've done that for SBL. And that was like bridge pickup jazz bass because I was going for sort of like Bakiti Kumalo, like a a line that was kind of pokey. But man, yeah, that's that's what it is for me. I can't hang with bridge pickup sounds when I'm playing. When other people are playing, great. And then I go, man, I should get into that. And then I try it. I'm like, and I'm always rolling to the neck or using both pickups. Always. It's so weird, isn't it? It's it's like it yes. kind of breaks it. Honestly, it broke it broke my brain a bit. I was like, oh, like what is that? Because I want because it sounds great. But it's yeah, I didn't I didn't really know what to take take from it other than a re, it was a realization, hey, you know. I I want this is this I want this to transition into um talking a little bit about Scott's search for the sound because you have been on a quest, my friend. I am on a quest, man. Like I will say that yeah, it does transition into that. Um and 
And it's kind of off the back of doing the album. It's like I've been doing the album, yes. been mixing the album. I'm listening to the album, and you know, you've been there before. It's it's like it could be a painful experience listening to that stuff over and over and over again. And I think that even though I'm sure. really happy with the overall sound of the album, and I'm really stoked with the tunes and the performances and my own performance, I think everybody killed it. I'm happy with all of that. Yeah. I'm not. Like, I'm like 70% happy with my sound. I'm like, really? Yeah. Yeah. Like maybe, maybe 75% happy. I'm like, oh, (laughs) next time. So what was it? Like, what didn't work? What do I need to change? Um, yeah. What, 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 what didn't work? What do you need to change? Exactly. I don't know, man. And that's the search for the sound. That's, it was a realizer. Uh. It's very, <laughs> it's an interesting thing. Like listen to back to it and then having that realization yes. of, Oh, maybe this isn't the sound that, that I'm searching for. Maybe it's something else. Mm. Um, yeah. It's almost like sort of like painting a picture, you know, and then standing back and looking at the colors and thinking, yeah, Yep. Uh, maybe, maybe I need a different palette of colors to do, to, to express the art that I'm trying to express, right? The set, the bring yeah, the voice sure. that I'm trying to bring. And um, so it's kind yes. of like that. I wasn't displeased with it. It was just, I listened to it and I was like, I'm not sure that's the sound that I'm, that I'm searching for in my mind. So, and, and again, it was just more of a realization. It was just more of a realization that I think there's more work to do around finding what that sound is. And and honestly, I'm not sure what that sound is. There are people that I'm definitely inspired by the way they, they sound. I'll tell you what, another real big realization for me over the last few weeks is that I've, you know what I'm like, man, I'm, I'm a shredder, right? I'm always like, you know, I'm listening to people's solos yes. and stuff like that. And I'm not going to mention any names, but some of my favorite players i've realized not everybody but some of them i love their soloing sound but when that sound goes into the mix i'm like hmm Mm. don't like it now interesting and i've I've not really listened to it in that kind of like granular detail before i'm like oh i i actually i love that part of their sound but as they gravitate into the mix and just playing as a part in the band i'm not sort of like into that sound that they've got like some players it doesn't it doesn't make a difference you know it's like great when they're soloing great when they're comping in the, you know like grooving in the band but some of them when it gets into the band it just there's no clarity it kind of just there's not enough top end for me to actually hear mm. so mm. and like a common thing that people have been doing recently is they'll they'll dial the tone down so they've got like a a very like there's no wah, top wah. end on that. Yeah, there's no top end on the solo sound, and in the solo it sounds really great because it's like above. It's sitting above in the mix. Mm, sometimes yep. when that disappears back in, because there's no top end, you can't. You just can't hear the bass. Like yes. it's like it becomes almost. Yeah, it's just you can't grasp yeah. onto. Like you lose it you a little. Really, yeah, you can't really hear the intricacies in the line that you want to hear. Um, so I've been thinking about that a lot, about how I can get a great solo sound. Like, what is the solo sound? What is the in-the-band sound? And 
I guess like a Venn diagram, right? What's the solo sound? What's the, the in the mix sound, like in the band? But also what's the sound that suits me as a player so I right. can execute the lines I want to be able to play? Because if you to your earlier point, when you listen to that bridge pickup and you play, you're like, oh, like it just feels weird. I love listening to it, but it doesn't feel comfortable playing. Right. Well, I am the same. Like I, the certain tonal colors that you can bring into into your sound that doesn't feel that comfortable for me to play on for whatever reason yes. and yeah so i'm just and again i've got no it's more this is just sort of like a realization at the minute is that i've just got work to do in that area and figuring out what it is for me um yeah it's a bit of a bit of a rabbit hole man well and and hey i just want to speak to the editorial we like everybody listening to this like you should also be thinking about your sound everybody it yeah. makes me feel like gosh it is my sound like i love this is actually really inspiring to me scott and it's probably really frustrating to you because you're like god damn it you know you didn't hit the target 100 percent. and you know what dude you may never and w- what i think yeah. is beautiful about it is the search right yeah like you'll find yeah. something on the next record you'll you'll dial in something and maybe you'll be 80 percent, but you're never going to be 100 percent. and you know what good because if you're ever a hundred percent satisfied, that that just means that you're not right. You're not growing. You're not. You're no, you don't care if you're like, yep, I love my tone a hundred percent. Oh, and I hear myself play. I love it. I could listen to it. All. Like if you're there, well then just hang it up. Go be a banger. Yeah. Like yeah. you should always be striving. There should always be some level of striving. And um, I'm just going to bring it back to this real quick. You know, um, you know what it might be on the next one. What do you think? P bass. P bass. <laughs> I don't know. I don't think so, man. I don't think it's going to be the P. Isn't it weird? You, that, has Scott yeah. Divine abandoned the P bass? I've Have not abandoned the abandoned. Like, dude, I love the P bass. I love the way. It just doesn't Do suit the music that I'm playing at the minute. That's the that's right. the thing. It would yes. just yes, it just wouldn't work in the mix. It would just be like a yeah, it'd be like just impossible for tugboat the actual, on a racetrack, dude. Yeah, it, it, tugboat exactly on a racetrack. that. Yeah, a tra- tractor, <laughs> tractor on a racetrack. Yeah, you know, yeah. Um, like I love but, the sound okay, of a but, but, I but, really but, do. And I think that there's. I have to push back on it a minute. I love the way that it makes me play as well. I just love the way it makes me play. But yes, I just think in this particular sonic space that I'm in at the minute with with the music that I'm playing and making, it just won't work. So, and also I'm not really. I'm listening to a lot of players that are playing this style of music that I'm that I'm doing at the minute, or you know, in and around that. And I don't. Maybe, maybe, maybe I'm not saying. Listen, it it could be fun to explore. I remember when you went to the P-Base and I thought, whoa, Fusion Dude on the P-Base. And it was interesting. And I know why you did it. We've talked about it a lot. But a recap, you you saw all these guys playing these fancy (laughs) high C5s and right active. And you're like, I want to stand out. I want to be different. And you did a thing on the P-Base. And I just, for what it's worth was really compelled by that. And Mm. I don't want you to lose sight of that thing. I don't want you to lose sight of it. Now, if the bass is a modern thing, if it's a Ken Smith, if it's an MTD, great. 
I want you to find the thing that you're happy with. But I also want to say it might be hiding in plain sight and it might be a thing that you have never considered. Like that you think yeah. this is never going to work. And I remember hearing you play a Rickenbacker and thinking, holy shit, that is a cool I freaking sound love for you. Yeah, yeah. I know. And their bridge pickup sound is incredible. And it is, I, yeah. I know it's not the right thing. And I know, you know, five string, I know. But I just want to put it out there as your friend. As your as your brother from an American mother, <laughs> I want you to consider some things that you would never consider. Yeah, that's yeah. all I got. <laughs> no man, it's 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 good, and I think that here's the weird thing. Like, I think if I'd done it on a P bass, I'd know exactly what sa- sound to dial in as well from a mix perspective. I think it's yeah. easier. I think it's more complex yep. on di- with other bases. Totally. Oh man, I'm up for it. I'm up for it. It's so it's such a rabbit hole, isn't it? It's such a rabbit yes. hole. Yeah. And then mixing. That's where I've definitely felt pain. Where I really needed to be more experienced this time round. I was like relying mm. on. We've got a great engineer. That's great, but I am not knowledgeable enough to be. You know, like when you what. You want to be able to communicate in a certain way, and yeah. and I've just and there's been this realization of oh I need to be more knowledgeable in this area to really sure. help him craft that sound and like how do we EQ it what are we doing like it's it's not in my wheelhouse I can yeah bass EQ is one thing but then get putting that in a mix and you know and knowing yeah. how to dial that in within a mix is a, is a different skill set. So right. it's something that I, that's also that I've been thinking about as well. Then to your point, I think that it is really interesting to think about what what is your sound that you're trying to what mm-hmm. you know for everybody listening. What is your sound that you're trying to create on your instrument? Like it's yep. cool to have these different bases that we play, and you know, obviously session players do that as well. But it's also really great to have a sound of your own that you can develop over time and then you can really yes. learn about and, and it becomes part of your your voice on the instrument. And I think that, like, you've absolutely got that. Even though you play all of mm. these different basses and different sounds, you've absolutely got that, you know. Mm. I think for me, when, when I hear you on a jazz bass, that's really it. I'm like, that mm. is mm-hmm. where you're super... Yeah just sounds like you you know you've probably hmm, played yeah. a jazz bass more than any other bass then you that's right you really understand all of the little tiny intricacies within that sound how, and yeah. specifically specifically how your technique interacts with that sound ah, how yes, your yes, body yeah. and your technique really interacts with that sound and how you can bring out different dynamics within that sound because it is mm-hmm. different for different bases and i think that that's yeah. there's there's kind of gold there yeah just to, as we're just on the conversation as of technique just to give everybody a heads up the technique accelerator which is my program where you get to study with me for six months all about technique is opening next week we only open it once a year and it is coming so if you're interested mm-hmm. check it out um, you'll be getting an email about it if you're on the email list if not head over to Scott's Space Lessons and jump on that email list because again we only open it once a year and like technique really is the foundation to 
you know, your playing is the, the your, your great technique isn't just about playing fast. Playing fast is facilitated by your technique for sure, but great yeah. technique is about your sound, your dynamics on the instrument, how you move around the neck, how you like manipulate notes, how like it's it's everything. And it, there's so many players yes. that hit that roadblock and they're wondering, oh, they've hit this roadblock because they need to learn a new scale or they need to learn, a, I mean, a, a new arpeggio. Uh, or yeah. they, and a lot of it, it actually can be just dialed right back to your technique, you know, and people, it's a real thing, you know, it's, it really is. It's Dude, I've thought about it so much since you've said it, you know, because we've had these debates of like, oh, you know, what's the most important thing? And, you know, and I'm I'm like a time guy. I think time, mm. time, 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 time. And you're like, yeah, but, you know, your time is sort of predicated on your technique that you can yeah, play. If, yeah, and because I'm like, people's oh technique gets God. in the way of their time. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. And my mind is like... <laughs> Can we have um, the and, three T's? Technique, time, and <laughs> the other one would be vocabulary. Tone? But tone, t, t, yeah. Time, technique, and tone. Ah, oh, but like, well, no. Because yeah, tone is kind of part of your technique. Yeah. <laughs> but hey. You're right. We, 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 you're right. You're we, totally we right. Shot. <laughs> I just, it's like, no. It's like, Scott, no, we can have the one T technique. <laughs> yeah, I was like, no, no, no. There's one T. <laughs> The capital T. Well, but I mean, I really like, I I do think that it is possible. I will say this. I think it's possible to have great technique and then have still have things that you're working on. I don't think it's the end all and be all. Right. I mean, obviously, then you need vocabulary. Like you say, obviously, you still have to work on time. Obviously, you still have to work on um, different styles. But uh, I am coming around, dude to this idea that technique is absolutely crucial and that we need to talk about it and that we need to work on it and that we need to study it. I've sort of taken it for granted for a long time, but then when I have been with you um, and like we were working on those Anthony Jackson bass lines, for instance, there's just some stuff that I just couldn't play. I was like, I can't play this. Like it would, it would need to, I would need to sit down for quite a while and like work this out. And it wasn't because um, I'm not good. It's just that I don't have the technique and fluidity in some of those lines to make it work. And I'm like, mm, yeah, yeah, mm. yeah. And I saw it and it wasn't about time, it, you know, and I was like, oh, yeah, I would just need to really, really focus on getting a, a technique to facilitate some of those lines, some of those faster things that I couldn't do. Some of them lines and are it awful, wasn't about timekeeping. Those Anthony oh, Jackson brutal. lines. Yeah, they're brutal. brutal yeah. Just yeah. brutal. And I think so that I, I want to take this too, man. It's it's more dialed in on other instruments. Like looking, like I learned classical guitar. I learned yeah. Um, like, well, yeah, guitar. And then my kids are learning piano. Like it's more dialed in on those instruments, more so yeah. than bass. It's interesting that with You're those totally instruments, right. it's very sort of like, there's kind of like a technique, I guess, playbook, a curriculum that people follow um, yeah. that is kind of like 
really rigid, especially like piano, like seeing those like pianists and the way that they they work those sort of like there's exercises, the hand and exercises and the fluidity of the, and how they have to have their arms and the fluidity and stuff like that. It's very dialed in. It's very formulaic. There's like specific yes. ways that people seem to do it, right? On bass, it's more lax. And I think it's because when Agreed. we start out, yeah, when we start out, it's kind of simple. We're playing some simple yeah. stuff. You yeah, know, one note at a time. Exactly. We can kind of yeah. get away with it. So I think that what yeah. happens is it's it's a little more lax and less kind of formulaic in terms of where we are educationally right now on the instrument. And that yes. cuts people off at the knees later down the line when, they're, when they want to learn a, bit, a new bit of vocabulary. And then they're like, oh, I just can't play it. Why can't, can't I? I'm, I'm obviously not good. I'm just not good enough. Well, right. It, it just might be a technique. <laughs> yeah. Dude. And, and I, and I found that to be 100% the case. And I am never in an instance in my professional career, other than being with you, where I'm asked to play crazy lines because I've mm. just cultivated a different thing. And so I've been like, nah, nah, whatever technique, whatever, whatever, whatever. And then when, I, when the chips are down <laughs> and you're like, Hey man, let's, let's lock this up and play this lick together. And I was like, Oh Jesus, dear God. I mean, so I saw it for me very specifically like, Oh, I can't do this because I don't, I have not prioritize the time on my technique to make this comfortable. And so kudos to you, man. I think it's really a cool program and I want to take it too. So cool, man. Hey, there's some big bass player. I'm not going to say their names, but there's some big bass players taking that. Did, did I tell you the one, the big one that took the course? I don't think you did. <laughs> can, oh yeah. Can you tell me <laughs> offline? Yeah, 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 what? yeah. Like we saw, we saw him like enroll, and I was like, oh. "Yeah, you've spoken to him. You've spoken to him." Yeah, I have. Yeah. Whoa. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, it's pretty cool, oh, man. When like, I saw, like, yeah, it was like a, I can't. It wait. was like a, uh oh, kind of moment when they when they signed up. I was like, oh <laughs> shit. <laughs> but yeah, it was. Really? It, it, it was great, you know. <laughs> Wow, man. Very yeah. cool. Very we call cool. It? Yeah, tell, we tell call me when it? we're off the pod. Yeah, let's call it. Let's call it. You guys, dude. thank you. Yeah. This you is so up, fun. This is so fun. Uh I I just want to say that it's good to see you again. It's good to be with all of you again. We love doing this podcast. Thank you for listening. If you would be so kind as to leave us uh an excellent rating wherever you listen to the pod. Um and if you're watching on YouTube, hey, like comment subscribe you know i'm gonna do that youtuber thing look to see if you're subscribed are you oh let's get on that train let's get on that subscribe train it's gonna be good we've got so many more episodes coming down the pike so stick with us it's gonna be a blast we love you very much and and, and that that's it for me how about you scott yeah that's it from me i was just yeah i'm just <laughs> such a child i was just gonna i was gonna, I was gonna end it by saying meat diet <laughs> that was going to be it. <laughs> anyway, yes. That, that, that was going to be it. Yeah. Meat diet. Okay, dudes. We'll see you next time. Meat Take diet. it easy. Bye. Take care, everybody.